Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello, everyone. Rachel Carmen here. It's time for us to continue our series about who is this God. We've already done three videos on who God is. I looked at who he was in Genesis. Then we went to Psalms and looked at who he was there. And then we went to the New Testament and saw who he was there. And again, our study can't possibly be exhaustive. We're talking about the almighty of all creation, the master of the universe, when we talk about who is God. And there's tons more that I want to unpack. In fact, teaser alert, we're going to be doing just that at my membership site, Real Refreshment, the community. So you can join us over there for truly in-depth study of who God is. But today I want to tackle what has God, this God that we've already talked about in three episodes, what has God already done? I want you to know today that you do not serve a passive God. You serve and you have an opportunity to serve if you do not yet know him and have not yet embraced him as your Lord and Savior. You have an opportunity to serve an active God. He is not a God as the deist would posit is high and away and just sits with his arms crossed having put the world in motion and everyone just does whatever they're going to do and he does nothing. No. The God that we serve, the God that you have the opportunity to worship day in and day out in word and in deed is a God who is indeed active. And so one of the most wonderful things that I've learned about Bible study and one of the things that we're going to look at as we dive deep into his word over at the membership site is the fact that God moves. He is an active God. And one of the things when we study scripture, one of the things we need to make sure we pay attention to actually are the verbs in scripture that talk about God being an active God. So, God is active. And what has he done from Genesis all the way to Revelation? Well, we don't have time today, right, to march through Genesis through Revelation. But today I want to take you just to Genesis and do a flyover of some things that God, your God, did in Genesis. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like I mentioned last time, there was a beginning and God was in it and he was active in it. He created the heavens and the earth. This God spoke light into existence. God said, let there be light. And there was light. You need to know that by the power of his word, he spoke light into existence. And then he separated the light the darkness. Now, this issue of separation is another one of those issues, one of those threads that runs from Genesis to, to Revelation. 
God is constantly calling his people to live separate, to be holy as he, the Lord, our God is holy. Leviticus 19.2. The idea of being holy is that idea of being separate, apart, different from the world. And that is what we see God do here in the first three days of creation is separate. He separates light from darkness. He separates the sky. He separates land from water. He separates. He is a God that separates good from bad, blessings from curse. It is about separation. And the good news is that's what we're called to because we serve a God that is completely other. He is like nothing else. He is separate and above, high and lifted up. That is our God. So when God here in Genesis, in the very first few verses of the first book of the Bible, when God separates light from darkness, having spoken light into existence, he is acting completely as he is separate. And he's calling us to live separate. And in so doing, in following in his footsteps, in emulating what he is given us the example to do in living our lives separate and apart in but not of, we are in fact following his example. We are determining to be what he has called us to be, which is different. And that's very difficult for us to embrace. We are not supposed to just be like everyone else. We are called to be separate, light from darkness. Continuing on, we see that in the book of Genesis, God establishes order where there was chaos. It says in Genesis that the world was the, the world was void, without order. And God establishes order. So not only does he speak light into existence, he separates light from darkness. Here we see he establishes order. He moves to put things right as they ought be, right? Light and darkness don't mix. Sky does not mix with ocean and does not mix with land. These are separate. These are separate. And we see God establish order in his creation. He creates three spaces and then he fills three spaces and then he rests. And this order that he establishes is the same order that you and I are called to maintain. To maintain. See, God then made man and woman, man and woman, not a spectrum, not a spectrum, but man and woman in his image, he created them, male and female, he created them. See, our current culture's attack on male and female is a direct charge against God and his created order, male and female, not a thousand choices in between, but two created in his image. Our identity is established from the dawn of creation. On day six, God gave us the most firm and fast foundation and identity that we could ever have. And that is our identity in his, as his creatures, male and female, he created them. So he made, he set man and woman then into this ordered, this perfect garden that he had created with everything in its place. 
everything as it should be, everything as it ought to be. So three spaces, he fills three spaces, birds, fish, flying creatures, swimming creatures, right? Land animals, blooming flowers, man and woman set in this perfect paradise as things ought to be, the perfect place, everything in order. Mom, that's got to appeal to you. I know that it appeals to me, right? I like in my house for things to be in order. There's something very soothing and comforting to me. When things are in order, as opposed to when things are disordered, I feel like my mind is disordered. And we serve a God of order. So he takes the man and woman, he places in the, in the garden, and then he charges them. He charges them to be responsible for his creation. For this order that he has established, he says, now you created in my image, you maintain this. Maintain this order. Multiply and fill, rule and subdue, maintain what I have established. God charged Adam and Eve with these instructions. And then he gave them a choice. Do you see the verbs here? An active God. He gave them a choice. He planted in the garden the tree of life. And he also put in the garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, God gave them a choice. I have set this up for you. You have every possible thing going for you. You are in perfect relationship with me. I put you in the perfect location. I've given you everything you need, including each other. Because at first, Adam goes through all the animals. No helpmate is found for him. And it's clear that he needs someone. God creates Eve out of Adam's rib, gives Adam, Eve, all of their needs have been met and God's love has been abundant and overflowing and he gives them the choice. He says, now, you can eat of everything in the garden, but don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. And we know the rest of the story, right? But do you see God's activity? Do you see it as it goes? And we know the story. Adam and Eve chose rebellion. They chose self. They chose knowledge over faith. They chose 
to try to do what they could not do. And in so doing, they sin and bringing sin into the world and infecting all of humankind, right? They sinned. They went against God's order. They tried to do things themselves. They thought they thought they knew better than God. And yet, what movement of God do we see in this moment? Does he stop moving? Does he become inactive? Does he become passive because man chose against him? No. Even in the midst, even after Adam and Eve sinned, we see God still moving toward. Yes, there was judgment. There was judgment because a choice had been made. God is just. He cannot act outside of his character. We know that he is holy. He separated. We know that he is just. He judged. They chose against him. There were consequences as a result of that. But do you also see here, even when they sin, what did he do? He covered them. See, once they sinned, they were aware then of their sinfulness and their shame. And they sought to cover themselves. They sought to do something that they couldn't do. They couldn't cover their shame. They couldn't cover their guilt. They tried desperately to sew fig leaves together, right? God was like, that's that's not going to do it. And God himself made for them clothing of animal skins. God himself sacrificed. He was the first one to offer sacrifice for man's sin. And ultimately, he, God Almighty, God the Father, would ultimately send his son in the New Testament as the ultimate sacrifice, the sufficient sacrifice once for all, in the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to know, Mom, that you have an active God. Dad, if you're listening to this, students, if you're listening to this, your God is not passive. He is active. Aslan is on the move. He is not far off and inactive. He has not left us to ourselves. No, he is active. And even after this terrible sin and God's amazing and abundant mercy and grace and covering them, right? And the subsequent consequences, right? That are meted out because of their decision. You continue to see God active. Fast forward now. In the same book of Genesis, it doesn't take far for this sin, not only to have affected them, but to have infected mankind. And it comes all the way down to the person of Noah. Noah is found to be righteous. And God, again, first mover, goes to Noah having noticed his righteousness and invites Noah to be a part of what he's going to do. He moves toward Noah and he asks Noah to do the crazy, the nonsensical, to build a boat so that he would have a way of salvation such that when God destroyed the earth, and all of mankind and its corruption and depravity, that there would be a way made for Noah and his righteousness and his family. Eight would be saved because of Noah's obedience. An opportunity to obey was extended by God, an act of God, and Noah chose to obey. And on the other side of the flood and the destruction, when Noah and his family come out of the ark, once again, we see God extending to Noah a renewal of the covenant that he made with Adam in the garden 
right? And he charged Noah and his family to fill and multiply the earth. Your God is an active God. From Genesis to Revelation, he is moving. Fast forward a little bit more in the story. There's so much here. We've got Abraham, right? And God again in Genesis 15 goes to Abraham and again initiates another renewal of his covenant from Adam to Noah to Abraham. Do you see God is moving? And he tells Abraham that the impossible is going to happen. You're going to bear a son. And it seems impossible because Abraham and his wife are older and they're barren and they've never had children. And Abraham is like, I really, really. And yet it says that God takes Abraham outside and says, look at the stars. Count them if you can. Your descendants will be like those stars, like those stars. God is assuring Abraham that he's good for his word. And there are two messages here for Abraham with God taking him outside. I love this. I love this. He is the God of creation and his handiwork is evident if we would but go outside and dare to admire his creation, to be immersed in his creation. And I think that is one of the reasons why the enemy works so hard to keep us inside on our screens. Because outside, it's really hard to deny God. It's really hard. The wonders of creation, the beauty of creation, right? So God tells Abraham, come on up, come outside. Do you see the stars? See, number one, God is saying to Abraham, those those stars, I put those stars up there. I'm that God. I did that. And if I'm going to promise you that you're going to be heir, you can trust me. Mom, you need to know this today. Dad, you need to know this today. That same God, that same God that put those stars in place has something for you to do. That same God. That same God. And number two, he was telling Abraham that nothing is impossible with me. If I can do that, I can can give you a son. I can do it. And so God, God again moves with Abraham. Just like he wants to move in your life. Fast forward again to the end of the book of Genesis. And we have the story of Joseph. A glorious story of how God redeemed lousy circumstances because that's what he's in the business of doing. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? We have all these attributes of God that we're seeing here just in the book of Genesis. We see him as holy. We see him as creative. We see him as faithful. We see him as protector. We see him as initiator, as a covenant-keeping God, as an all-powerful, faithful God. And here in the story of Joseph, we see him as redeemer. Joseph's brothers hated him. They sold him into slavery. And God never abandoned Joseph. Even in the midst of horrible circumstances, your brothers sold you into slavery. That is what Joseph faced. And God was faithful. Even when Potiphar's wife, you think things can't get worse. He's sold into slavery. You think it can't get any worse than that. Potiphar's wife accuses him of trying to take advantage of her. Can't get worse than that, right? He's thrown into prison. I mean, this story, you think this can't get worse. And God is faithful. And ultimately, God, God redeems 
all of that junk. When Joseph's brothers, the ones that sold him into slavery, come and they need grain and Joseph is in trouble. And Joseph forgives his brothers. God redeems because Joseph gets a picture, a perspective on what has happened when he says, you intended this for evil. You sold me into slavery thinking you you were all that. But God, but God, but God. I want to assure you today, listener, that you serve an active God. And I want to challenge you to consider what is it in your life right now where you need some God to move? What is it? Where is it that you've dared to doubt like Eve did that he was capable, that he would? Where is it that you laughed like Sarah did at a promise that God has given you, like he's not going to be faithful and keep it? I want to dare you to latch on and believe that God is active. Look, we only touched on a few highlights in the book of Genesis. This is your God alive and active. This is your God. If this is the kind of Bible study that you want, this and so much more, and to go deeper, please join me over at Real Refreshment, the community. It's a membership site where we dare to dive in deep to God's word and to study And to go in and dig out the nuggets of truth that we can build our lives on. Mom, Dad, we can't give what we don't have. And if you want your kids to love and serve, to be passionate about God and His Word, then I challenge you to love and be passionate about God's Word, for He is worthy. I'll see you next time. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and Real Refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.